This is Sean, and you're listening to Promise, a podcast showcasing the heroes of tomorrow. Every episode is an exploration on the idea of promise itself, whether that's the potential for success or the commitments we make to get there. I speak with exceptional, purpose-driven people on their journeys to change the world. On this week's episode is Aaron Moy, co-founder of Womb. Aaron and Womb are on a mission to destigmatize menstruation. They're doing this through workplace subscriptions of period care packages in order to maximize accessibility to care products. We chat about current attitudes to menstruation, why investors should care about this movement and these types of products, leveraging the power of storytelling and branding, taking inspiration from who gives a crap, giving back to crisis accommodation, and using simplicity to change the world. Please enjoy my discussion with Aaron Moy. We welcome onto the show Aaron Moy, one of the co-founders of Womb. Womb is trying to bring accessible period care to every workplace every day of the month. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. It's great to be on. Really excited to have you on the show. I'm always super glad when guests are excited to come on. It brings enormous light to my day. Aaron, how would you describe yourself and what you're trying to do with Womb beyond the tagline that I just shared? Yeah, so Womb is a workplace period care solution. It's a product, but it's also a movement. We really want to destigmatize menstruation, particularly in the workplace, and encourage employers to be providing period care for their employees. And we do this in a very bold and proud way. We think conversation around periods should be done in the open. We don't think there should be any shame around it. Our platform is very much the time for period shame is over. And then as to me, how I came to be here and have co-founded Worm, by background, I started my career in journalism and then went on to pivot into filmmaking. And I founded a creative company called Entropico 10 years ago. And with Entropico, I work on brand campaigns and original content. That's really set me up to understand how to use branding and how to use storytelling to solve business problems and to tell stories to people and try and shift culture, whether that be in advertising or in film and television. So it's that background that I've brought in into Womb. Fantastic. Let's actually dig into the current state of period care to begin with, because I don't have lived experience of facing these challenges. So for someone like myself who doesn't have lived experience of needing period care and especially needing period care in an emergency, how would you describe the challenge that you and Womb are tackling? I think if you ask the question of anyone who does menstruate, have they ever been caught without period care? They'll probably say yes. Some people's periods come regularly and on time, and some people are organized and always remember to have period care with them. But for most of us, cycles can be irregular or we have busy lives. So it's often the case that you're caught without whatever period care you use, and that can be a very stressful experience. We're often like found just wadding up toilet paper and then uncomfortably leaving the bathroom or having to ask people around us, do you have a, a pad? Do you have a tampon? And menstruation is nothing new. We've been getting our periods for a long time, and it's a practical necessity. Tessa, Wim's co-founder and I, we think of period care just as we think of toilet paper. 
It's something that we're going to need and it should just be around and it should be accessible. But unfortunately, it's currently not. Particularly in Australia, we're a bit behind the times in terms of accessible period care. That is changing a bit. And with womb, we got to thinking if half the population menstruates and we spend the majority of our times at work, shouldn't workplaces be providing period care in the same way that they're providing toilet paper? So that's the problem we're trying to solve. And we'll dig into how we answer that question further on in the conversation. What I'd like to hear from you, though, is why do you think this is a space that has been overlooked to date? Yeah, I think that's actually kind of a simple answer to that. And that's the patriarchy got us all messed up. And unfortunately, some problems that could be easy to solve haven't been. And actually, I think Labour MP Natalie Hutchins summed it up pretty well this week in The Guardian. She said, if men got their periods, we would have had supply right alongside toilet paper in public spaces from day dot. So I think that kind of puts into perspective why we might be in this current situation. And you alluded to the stigma of it earlier. Where do you think that plays into it? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like a lot of people are still anxious about even saying the word period, about talking about menstruation. People aren't yet comfortable with the language. I think in private spaces, people who menstruate will talk about it with one another. But in a lot of cases, people aren't really ready to talk about it with people who don't menstruate. And why, why is the shame around it? That's such a big question that I don't think I can fully answer. But yeah, I would just say just like patriarchal norms just keeping us down. There shouldn't be shame around it. Yeah, I mean, there shouldn't be shame around it. It's natural and an amazing thing. So I think it should be celebrated and definitely not stigmatized. Excellent. Okay. You're on the journey to founding the company and potentially seeking investors. It's not traditionally the kind of company that a venture capitalist might put their money behind. So I guess, what would you say to potential investors about why they need to think deeper about this space? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think a lot of investors, they're looking at futuristic advances like tech companies, like what's going to be the next unicorn and actually Womb as the basic product offering in terms of a workplace period care box that is half tampons and half pads is it's not a new idea, like those products have been around for a long time. But what is the big idea is the way that it is delivered, the way that it is put in a place in order to enact change. And it's about future-proofing existing businesses. The way that we've set up the company is that it's a subscription service. So, you know, we have recurring customers and it's very tech-enabled. So, Basically, customers log in and then we run the subscription back end. A lot of it is automated. We know that this movement is taking off and we know that Womb's going to be at the forefront of it. So we're really ready to scale at pace. I guess that's the kind of things that hopefully are interesting to investors. And the other thing is when I look in the crystal ball, I think in five, 10 years, period care will be everywhere in bathrooms and we will be thinking, like, what was going on 10 years ago? So it's just a matter of what period care that is, to be honest. Okay. You've mentioned your co-founder, Tessa, and you've mentioned your personal background from journalism into the creative industries. How did you come together to even start this company? What was the light bulb moment, not just thinking about the product, but deciding that you together would want to start a company in this space? 
So Tessa and I have worked together for many years in a creative capacity. She's an amazing designer and creative director. And as I mentioned, I'm a film producer and a writer. We have worked together for a long time, always loved working together. And just a bit on Tessa's background, as well as being in that kind of like branding and creative direction area, she actually wrote her major uni paper on demystifying menstrual cycles. And one day at Entropico, the creative company where we worked together, we were in the meeting room and she had this branding idea for a period care company that was all around ending period shame and it being really bold and proud. A lot of people, even when you go to the bathroom or whatever, there's this culture of hiding the tampon in your hand. And this idea of hers was really about they should just be on a desk. So you don't even put them in the drawer. Like everything's out in the open. I honestly feel like that day she opened the door to the meeting room and let the future in, you know, like the light bulbs just went off. And I've always really believed in making workplaces better for women and gender diverse people. So everything just snapped into place. And then it did take us a year or so to noodle on the actual business models because originally we'd been thinking about D2C. We came up with subscription, um, but then pivoted to B2B because I think that's the place that actually needs the most change. And also the place where it's then it's on the employer to provide it. It's their cost rather than to the individual. So yeah, it took us a while to nut out all of that. And then we built the brand and we built the tone of voice and we got the tech up and we started calling people and got the product ready and launched. and. Yeah. Amazing. I love how it all just snapped into place like this moment of clarity. That said, from what I understand, both yourself and Tessa are still juggling work with Entropico Studio. So would you consider going full time or what would it take for you to go full time into Womb? Yeah, well, we actually, in exciting news, have just opened a seed round for Womb. So we're getting some capital in so that we can accelerate our growth. And as part of that, we're going to move over and go harder and faster at Worm. So yeah, it's a timely question because it won't take much because we are actually very passionate about making Worm a priority. Excellent. Very well timed. Amongst a few other things, which we'll discuss as well. So you've touched on this very slightly earlier on about how your creative studio background influenced how you speak about Worm and how you tell that story. Can you share more about it? What were particular things that you felt you could leverage into developing Womb, the company? Yeah, certainly aesthetic and branding and product design. That's something that we have a strong background in. So that actually those kind of practical things like logo and color and what does it look and feel like and what should the experience be of when a product arrives to someone? How should we talk about Womb? What's our tone of voice? And when I say tone of voice, I mean it has quite a chatty, conversational, empowering tone of voice, but also we're very careful to use the right language and make sure that it's not stigmatizing. And, and we really try and inform our customers as well, because obviously they're then rolling that language out to their team when they can announce, we now have free period care in the bathrooms. That stuff was very easy for us. Also, we have an amazing network of creatives working here in Entropico, so Things like making content and helping with animation and edits and website development. There's a lot of people rallying around us to help. Yeah, it has been a big strength. Yeah, fantastic. I highly recommend anybody to either visit your website, womb.care, or to check out the Instagram as well, because the imagery is really striking, personally. 
Now, I can talk a little bit about why we landed on that quite strongly. Oh, please go for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When we were developing the products and thinking about what the values of the company are and how that's going to be exhibited through the experience that people have with the product, bold was a word that came up a lot. Proud was a word that came up a lot. And unfortunately, the category is often kind of, they're pushing this discreet vibe when it comes to period care. And so we really wanted to go in the opposite direction. And we also wanted it to be a high-end looking and feeling brand. The products themselves are really beautiful. It's organic cotton. The packaging is recyclable. There's no bleaching because obviously some of those products are going inside you. So we don't want anything bad in there. And we wanted people to have a sense of pride. If you're using beautiful Aesop soap or high-end makeup lines, like there's no reason why you shouldn't feel really amazing about your period care as well. It's just about feeling supported and making that time of your cycle a bit better. Yeah, excellent. I was going to ask about how you differentiate from the rest of the products in this category, because like you said, it's not a new kind of product. It's not a new idea, but obviously leaning into the strengths of brand and imagery and language are how you're using all of those to your advantage. Let's actually dive into the womb products themselves, since you just started talking about those. You said they're a mixture of pads and tampons in a box. Is there anything else that comes with that? So at the moment, it's just a very simple box and you put it right on top of the bench. So no putting it in the first aid kit or putting it in the bottom drawer, which is something that I've heard from workplaces. It's just right there, very visible so that when people need it, they know where it is. And then one side is five organic cotton pads and then the other side is 30 organic cotton tampons. And we based that on some research with some menstruators just in terms of what products they were using. And then that's how we ended up designing this launch product. But we kind of already noodling on the rest of the product path and other more customizable options that are going to come in or workplaces that aren't traditional. Their bathrooms might not even look like that with the bench space, for example, if you're on a work site or something. So how can we be hanging the womb products on the back of a portaloo door? We're just working on that product development at the moment. Okay, cool. You've brought up that they are organic cotton-based products. Do you create all of these yourselves or do you have to source them from a supplier? So we have a sourcing agent and then we use a supply chain that we worked on with him. And then the pads and tampons are sourced and then packaged together um, in our warehouse and then shipped here and then distributed. Right. Okay. So currently, my understanding at least is the distribution range is relatively small, but as you scale, how do you ensure that you maintain the consistency of the product quality and the brand, especially as you mentioned, you're aiming for a really high-end, high-quality product? It's just a matter of spending time with the product and getting more shipments and making sure that we have the best product options available and speaking with them all the time on lead times and all that kind of thing. And also here in terms of the distribution, just spending time in the warehouse, making sure things are looking good when they go out and just investing time into it is the real answer. Okay. And so you said you're specifically targeting offices. What's your pitch to get them on board? Well, it'll always starts with the conversation of do you provide period care currently? Some people amazingly do, which is they're, they're in the minority at the moment. So if that's the case, then we talk to them about how they're doing it. Sometimes they're doing it in a way that we believe reinforces elements of shame. Like, for example, 
you know, a couple of emergency tampons in the first aid kit somewhere. Like for us, that's not a great solution. Then it's just about having a conversation around, do they want to improve that employee experience? Are they ready to take the next step in accessible period care? And then if the answer is no, sometimes they're like, that's a great idea and I haven't thought about it. Sometimes they're like, why would we do that? And then it's just about having the conversation around why it is and educating a bit. We did a research paper, so we often share that, which has a lot of statistics, but also pull quotes from people about how they feel about their periods at work. And I mean, the amazing thing is that the response has largely been, this is a great idea and we're going to go on the journey. And depending on how big the organization is, sometimes that's a longer journey because there's a few tiers that it has to go through in terms of approvals and quarterly budgets and going through procurement and that kind of thing. But a lot of times it's just been like, here's my credit card. Let's let's have a look. Let's get them in. I think because it is such a simple idea and so long overdue, conversations are kind of easy. Could you give me an example of an easy sales pitch, I guess? Well, some of them come to us because we've yeah. been getting a lot of amazing press. So some people see the press and then they're like, oh, well, I understand you offer period care. Some other people have been downloading our research and then that obviously gives us a ping on the back end that that person is curious and then I'll just give them a call or an email and say, I see you're interested in period care and then we'll set up a time to talk and then, yeah, I mean, we just talk about it and I think if they're people who have experienced menstruating, the beginning of the conversation is pretty straightforward. It's like, you've been caught out without period care, right? And they're like, yeah. And then if it's someone who hasn't experienced menstruation, then they tend to also understand why it would be a problem to not have period care. And then we just go through the practicalities of how many boxes they might need for their workplace, if they have 10 different offices, how it would be distributed. And then it just goes into the writer proposal stage. We often also provide some materials in case they're extending it up the chain a bit in terms of making it persuasive. But that's where the storytelling background comes into play as well, you know? Yeah, it's a great strength to lean on. Okay, so earlier on in the conversation, you mentioned that ideally this should be just as ubiquitous as toilet paper. And the business model, from what I can hear, sounds really similar to the Who Gives a Crap brand. And I'm wondering if that's a similar angle that you're aiming for. And if so, if there are any lessons that you can take from how they've grown yeah, I think it's a great comparison. They have a beautiful brand as well and are obviously doing like an elevated version of something that's been around for a long time. And then the other thing that we have been very interested about from Who Gives a Crap is the way that they've been able to use their kind of like into business model. They were in workplaces and they were in venues and stuff. And then I think this is how they did it and then pivot into direct-to-consumer, which is something that we're thinking about as well. Once people have that recognition and love for the brand and belief in the same values that that brand believes in, then they're probably going to think about it for their home as well. That's certainly my experience with the Who Gives a Crap brand. You know, like I met it in restaurants and then I now have it in my apartment with me. So yeah, I think that's something we could do with Loom as well. And just like them, I understand that you're also trying to give back to the community with a share of what you earn. Can you share more about that a little bit? Yeah, so we have a partnership with the Women's and Girls Emergency Center, otherwise known as WAJAC, which is an organization that is local to us here in Redfern. With WAJAC, we donate products for their crisis accommodation and also donate 1% of our sales. 
to to Wayjack as well. Yeah, it was really important for us that alongside this mission to stigmatize periods and offer a practical solution in workplaces that we were also trying to take care of the environment and trying to take care of our community as well. That's something that we're proud of and um, really wanting to invest in. What a fantastic initiative to be getting behind. I did have a question related to that. At the moment, Wayjack is very local to you and you are part of the community that they serve. And as you scale, presumably beyond the confines of Sydney and into other parts of Australia, potentially even overseas, would you look at supporting other similar businesses as well? Or is the 1% strictly reserved for Wayjack? No, no, we're totally open to supporting other organizations. And we just like chose a, a local organization because I think having that community connection is really important. But yeah, we're very open to other organizations. And we're also open to different percentages and stuff in the future. And we ended up going for a percentage of sales rather than profit because we were like, profit could take a bit longer in theory and we want to be giving back immediately. So yeah, we're open. And if there are any amazing organizations out there that need support, feel free to get in touch with Tessa and I. Always up for a combo. Excellent. Perhaps if anybody out there is listening, we'll get your contact details towards the end of the show. So the last thing that I'd like to cover about the product itself is the timing of this conversation that we're having. We're recording this towards the end of May. It's very close to Menstrual Hygiene Day. Is there anything that you have planned in regards to that? Yes, May 28 is World Menstrual Hygiene Day and an important day, their mission is to make menstruation a normal part of life by 2030. Obviously, we're very aligned in our values, but what's been great about it is we've been able to use it as a bit of a calendar marking when we're talking to people about getting worm. So yeah, we've just basically been messaging, it's coming up and you should be doing something about this mission. You can be doing something in the business that you work within. And a few people have taken that pledge up in exciting news this week, 15 venues in Sydney that are actually not office spaces, they're bars, they're live music venues, they're restaurants. They've committed to providing rooms for their customers, which is actually not something that we saw coming or not something that we were necessarily focused on. But I think I think hospitality spaces and entertainment spaces are often ahead of the curve and also hopefully seeing womb in the bathrooms if a customer goes in there and sees it, hopefully that will then spur more movement in terms of people wanting to get womb in their workplaces. So yeah, I'm just super excited and super thankful to those venues that they recognize that it's a really important part of the customer experience, that having a guest in your venue like it's 360, it's about great drinks and good hospitality, but it's also about making them feel supported in many ways, including in the bathroom. So yeah, if you're a Sydney cider, there's a big list on our Instagram page of all those amazing bars. So definitely try and get a drink there this week. Excellent. I'll stick the link to your Instagram in the show notes as well. Okay, so let's look towards the future for Womb. Now you mentioned that you've opened up a seed round. Aside from trying to raise money and get investment, what are the next steps for you? So we I just going for growth. We're acquiring customers. We're having conversations with businesses about why it's important to get period care in the companies. We're working on our media plan to get the brand out there. Uh, we are specifically targeting ASX 300 companies 
So big companies, more period havers, more bathrooms, just focusing on opening up those conversations and also just working through any potential glitches in the back end in terms of the experience of receiving the product, making sure from signing up to a subscription to it arriving every month, just really streamlining that and making sure the fundamentals are in place for us to grow. Fantastic. Aside from aiming at ASX 300 companies, obviously those would be people that you'd look to as customers. Are there any dream organizations that you'd want to partner with in order to help you get there? Yeah. What would be massive for us is working with the facilities companies and people who rent the spaces to the companies. Because some of the conversations we've been having, the companies like, this would be great, but the bathrooms are looked after by our landlords or by facilities or whatever. So partnering with someone who represents a lot of buildings in Australia, that would be huge for us. But what else? Also mainstream press partnerships, just so that the concept of accessible period care is really clear in Australians' minds. That would be a huge partnership for us. There's already a big government push in, in Victoria in particular. So yeah, I think government support would be big for us. Again, as always, perhaps somebody out there might be listening to Aaron's pitch at this point in time. Albo, uh, if you're listening, call us. We can help with period care. Absolutely. Anthony, get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because it's a, it's a hybrid digital platform and physical set of products, there's going to be a variety of skills that you would need to help build this company. Are there any additional skills that you think you need right now at Womb? I think like any business, we're always looking for amazing talent to emerge. Tessa and my coding skills are not the sharpest. We do what we can, but, you know, web dev is not our best skill. Sales, if there's a superstar salesperson who is in the wings and really passionate about this cause, definitely make yourself known to us. <laughs> Because, you know, sales is always going to be a big thing as you grow. They're probably the two easiest things that spring to mind. Fantastic. Okay, let's shift the conversation slightly and explore the imaginary hypothetical future where, let's say, Womb becomes massively successful and you've achieved your mission. What do you think the world will look like at the end of that road? My dream is to never walk into a bathroom that doesn't have period care again. And I think that dream can become a reality. And I think Womb can speed up that trajectory towards it. So I guess that's like the ultimate. But even when that becomes the case, I think the work won't be over. I think there will still be a lot of shifts that we need to do in terms of women's health at work. I don't think that will be the end of the road for Womb anyway. I think there's other things that we can cover and, and help people with in terms of workplaces. But yeah, a bathroom that, you know, isn't without period care is the dream. Fantastic. On the way to that dream, obviously, given where our starting point currently is, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get there. What do you think you personally need to do to help drive that vision? I think my role is in making it easy for workplaces. So that's something we're really focusing on, a simple solution. Obviously, the thinking, it's pretty easy to get people on board with. The need for it is very clear. The problem we're solving is very clear. But making it a simple solution, I think I have a big role to play in that. And just the communication of it, just keep getting out there and saying, this is important. Don't snooze on this. 
it's actually really easy to solve this problem today. Yeah, I think just the messaging, the storytelling, the energy behind it, I think that's my most significant role. A message of simplicity to wrap up the show. Erin, thank you so much for joining us today. The last thing that I'll get you to do is to share any social media contact info in case people really liked what they heard today. Thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. And yeah, I really appreciate your interest in Womb and the great questions. But where can you find us? The website is womb.care. So come on over there if you need period care. And on Instagram, we are womb.care as well. Fantastic. Highly recommend checking out both of those for the branding alone. But on top of that, the wonderful message and mission as well. Erin, thank you once again. Thanks, Sean. That's it for today's episode of Promise. Be sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Do you think you or someone you know would have ideas worth sharing? Send me an email to sean at promise.fm. Otherwise, subscribe and stay tuned to learn from tomorrow's heroes and what we've got is Promise. Promise.